Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Laker Side Chats podcast. Very excited to bring you a fantastic guest once again. Uh, he is the senior writer at Lakers Nation. He also runs their podcasts. He is a bundle of Lakers knowledge and I recommend everyone to follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Lakers Nation as well. Trevor Lane, how are you, sir? Thank you for coming on. Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's been a, I know you're very busy at the moment with all this um, Anthony Davis chat and all these rumors coming out, so I really appreciate you coming on. No problem. The, the Lakers are always interesting, par for the course, for them to be involved in all the trade rumors and all the free agent rumors. It's, the NBA world revolves around the Lakers in some ways, so it's uh, it's fun, but, uh, but yes, busy time of year for sure. I bet you can't wait for August to come around. <laughs> I don't know. I start getting bored. Like I, I, I enjoy it for like a week or two, you know, where, where there's not as much going on. But then I start going, okay, I, you know, I want to talk Lakers again. I, I enjoy talking about the Lakers. I'm a glutton for punishment, I guess. Well, you're more than welcome to come on anytime here and talk about the Lakers whenever you want during the off season, if you get so- bored. Sounds good. Let's let's get on to it. Every obviously everyone wants to hear about the biggest thing going on in Lakerland at the moment, the Anthony Davis trade. And if rumors are to be to be believed, some people would say it's close. Some people would say Cal Kuzma's holding the trade up. Some people would say that Cal Kuzma isn't holding the trade up. Some people are saying that it's not as imminent. Some people are saying it's relatively imminent, that Griffin wants a deal done be- before the weekend. What do you think is going on? What's, what's your personal opinion? So I think the reason why you're hearing all of these conflicting rumors you're hearing um, earlier today, Brian Windhorst said that the the uh, he thinks that the um, the Pelicans are really just negotiating with the Lakers in order to try to get the Celtics to raise up their offer or give a, a better offer. And then you know Adrian Wojnarowski has said that he thinks the Lakers can get the deal done. And and then other people are saying, oh, Mark Stein uh, was saying that uh, the Lakers are holding firm on not including Kyle Kuzma and this back and forth. The reason for that is because the the different sources that are going to put out information right now all have reason to put out certain information. They have they have motives. They want to put out info that the league is going to hear about, and so they'll use reporters to to put out that info and make it known. So whenever you see a report right now, you have to think, okay, who does this benefit? What is the actual source here? Usually, it's an agent or somebody in a front office that's that's kind of leaking this information, and there's a reason behind it. So you can get conflicting information because you're hearing info from different sides. Um, it's just like you know, if you asked, uh, I'd say go back to uh, Rajon Rondo's game-winning shot against the Celtics this year. If you had a Celtics fan describe that moment you would come up with a very, very different description than if you had a Lakers fan describe that moment just because of different perspectives and bias and all that put in. So you may have two people talking about the exact same subject. They're talking about Anthony Davis. They're talking about the same negotiations, but it comes across very, very different because you have different perspectives in there. So sorting through all of that can, of course, be a challenge for fans, but it's also a lot of fun, too, on on my end. I know it's unnerving for a lot of people, but I enjoy trying to put the pieces of the puzzle together and figure out what's really going on. Well, just an FYI for all the listeners out there, if you do want to keep on track of everything that's going on, Lakers Nation and Trevor Lane are probably the number one outlet to go to. You guys are doing a fantastic job with keeping ahead of everything because there's a lot. And the nature of this beast is it just information's coming out all the time. Well, uh, thanks. I, I do appreciate that. It, you, you guys, honestly, you do a fantastic job. And it's just coming to that thing where 
a lot of conflicting rumors and a lot of conflicting truths. It seems like it's not really that they don't want to give up Kyle Kuzma per se. It's that they don't want to give up all four of the main assets. And for people who don't know, if you don't know, you've been living under a rock. The four main assets are Brandon Ingram, Lonzo Ball, the number four overall pick next week in the draft, and Kyle Kuzma. don't know what your opinion about that is, but that's what it seems like to me anyway. Yeah, that, that does appear to be what's going on here. And you know what? I, I keep going back to this. When you're looking at the situation and you, and you see, oh, gosh, you know, the Lakers, I, I see people complaining, oh, the Lakers are going to give up Ball and Ingram. We need to keep one of those. Look, it would be great if the Lakers could give up a top 55 protected second round pick and get Anthony Davis, but that's just, that's not going to happen or, or better yet give up the expiring contract of Kwame Brown and get Anthony <laughs> Davis like they did years ago with Pau Gasol. Uh, not not going to happen, right? You're going to have to give up something to get something. So even though you might lament this, think back to the, the trade deadline and think back to what the offer was then the kitchen sink offer where it was Lonzo. It was Kuzma. It was Ingram. It was, the pick, it was a future pick, it was uh, Josh Hart, it was Ivica Zubac, KCP, they were taking on Solomon Hill's contract. It was everything. It was so much worse than the offers that, that we're talking about right now that, look, if you can walk away from this and you keep, say, Kuzma and Hart, I think that's still a win from the, the Lakers' perspective, especially considering what they were willing to give up just a few months ago. So I think when you, when you pan back, um, this isn't as, the Lakers aren't in as bad of a spot as some people reacted like they were online when uh, when it came out that it looked like Lonzo and Ingram were in the deal. My biggest thing with it is, as much as I like Ball, as much as I like Ingram, realistically, will they ever get to that point? They might get to be All-Stars, but will they ever get to that point where they'll be top five players in the NBA? And if, you're a, if your answer is no, then you're not going to let that impede on you trading for Anthony Davis. It's just, you know, as much as I like these guys and as much as, as Laker fans and as Laker reporters, you, you grow you grow a liking to these guys, don't you? Because you cover them all the time and you learn their stories and their backgrounds and you see how hard they work and you can see the improvement. At the end of the day, it's a business and the whole means of the business is you want to win a championship. And Anthony Davis, as sad as it is, gets you closer to a championship than having Ball and Ingram on your roster would. So I, I, while I understand people's trepidation behind trading both of them, I also am like, it's Anthony Davis. This guy's a generational talent. You know, I don't know what you think about AD, but he's unreal. He really is. Yeah, he is. I mean, I think he's a top five player in the league. Maybe you can argue top seven if you want to start throwing names out or whatever. But but he's one of the best players in the league. And to say, look, will Lonzo ever get there? Will Brandon Ingram ever get there? The chances are slim, but that's not a slight to Brandon Ingram or Lonzo Ball because the chances are slim for anybody to become a top five player in the NBA. I mean, and look, even Zion Williamson, who's the most heavily touted prospect since Anthony Davis, what are the odds even he gets into the top five at some point? Probably not all that great. Certainly better than somebody that you're going to get at, say, four. But it, in the end, to to reach the level that Anthony Davis is at, it's a very, very rare thing. And if you can get somebody like that, and better yet, if you can have two players like that in LeBron and Davis, then you can really build something special. So, yeah, I think it, I think ultimately you've got to be willing to pay just about whatever it takes within reason. The, the hesitation has to come from being able to build a team around those two guys after you make the deal. So you need to leave yourself enough, enough ammo left to have something 
to to put around Anthony Davis and LeBron. But the idea of going after those two, yeah, you got to go all out and try to figure out some way to to make it happen. Absolutely. And my biggest thing is, if you were, let's say, Rob Palinka, what would be the most that you would give up realistically in an Anthony Davis trade before you go to the Pelicans? Look, it's enough's enough. You know, we're giving you a lot here. We're not going to give you any more for a guy whose contract's expiring in a year. No matter how good he is, you know, we have some boundaries now. It's not like the trade deadline, like you said, where we threw everything at him. What would be your limit? I'm very interested in that. Yeah, I mean, at, at this point, what I would be doing with the with the Warriors, and I think this is what the Lakers are doing, is I would be presenting three options. And I would be saying, look, option option one is we give you everything but Lonzo. Option two is we give you everything but Ingram. And option three is we give you everything but Kuzma and Hart. So that would be that would be the way that I would play it. Um and, and you know, because I think that the, the Pelicans have less leverage than they did at the trade deadline. Uh, they were at the trade deadline. Everyone thought big, bad Boston Celtics offer is going to be here this summer. And I can tell you this, the deal's not done with Boston. It hasn't happened. So that tells me the Boston Celtics haven't put Jason Tatum in. And if they don't know what's happening with Kyrie Irving, then they probably don't have a lot of incentive to put Jason Tatum into a deal because what's the point in bringing, giving up all your assets to bring Anthony Davis to Boston and then have no one to play around him because Kyrie just left. So if the Boston offer isn't as big of a threat as it used to be, and look, maybe it will be become a big a big deal. Maybe Danny Ainge will throw in all of his assets, but it seems unlikely. So with that being the case, I think you have to try to take advantage of the situation as much as you can without completely um, upsetting the Pelicans. You don't want to create an adversarial relationship there like we had back at the trade deadline. So that's the way I would go about it. You're not trying to completely fleece them. You're giving them solid assets. You're giving, you're putting forth a good offer, but you're still withholding at least some pieces so that you have something left over to build your team around. And that's, that's the way I would go about it. Look, if push comes to shove and Boston puts Tatum on the table and then the Lakers are told, Hey, if you throw in everything, then we'll still, still do the deal with you. Then maybe you go ahead and pull the trigger, but otherwise Right now, I'd be letting the Pelicans sweat it out. They know the draft is coming up and that the deal kind of needs to be done before the draft if that number four pick is going to play uh, any sort of a role. I like we were saying before we went on air, that number four pick, especially if the Pelicans either want to use it themselves or flip it for a veteran or a younger player that could impact more instead, instead of that number four pick, it needs to be done very quickly because A... If the Pelicans are keeping it, they want to do their own workouts. And B, if another team is picking it, they're in exactly the same spot. They don't want to be, you know, just going in blind into a draft where even though you might know who you like, you'd rather they come in and you see them and you test them out. You see what type of people there are. Because as you know, these are multi-million dollar investments that these teams are making in these young players. They need to go down every single avenue. So like you said, especially with this number four pick involved, it needs to be done pretty sharpish. I don't know what you think, but... It, it's just, you know, it's the nature of the beast. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's got to get done sooner rather than later because, like you said, these teams, even if, let's say, you know, the rumor was bouncing around earlier today that uh, that the Pelicans want Bradley Beal. They want the Lakers to go get them Bradley Beal, use the four pick. Obviously, I think it's going to cost more than the four pick. But uh, so if the Wizards, let's say, just in this hypothetical scenario, are going to get the fourth pick, 
they've got to go out there and figure out who they're going to select with it. It's not like number one, where clearly it's Zion and all 30 teams would take Zion without even hesitating. It's not even number two, where you're really, you're just debating between John Morant and, uh, and RJ Barrett at four. You have all these different options from Deandre Hunter and Jarrett Culver, Cam Reddish, uh, Darius Garland. You've got all these different players that you would need to look at. And so with that being the case, there's no clear cut favorite to land at that spot. That means you need to have a little bit of time to really do your homework. And, and I'm sure teams are already doing their homework and, and you know, looking into these players in advance because all teams are going to do that. They want to know uh, the dirt on everybody. They want to know what each player in the draft, what their pros and cons are and, and all of that. That's just part of being a good front office. But if suddenly you have that fourth pick, then you can call up a Jarrett Culver and you can say, hey, you do you want to come in for a workout? Whereas if you're a team that was drafting, say, 22nd, right, and then uh, and you call up Jarrett Culver, he's not going to come work out for you because he knows he's not going to get drafted by you. So if you suddenly make a trade, you want enough time to let everybody know, hey, we've got the fourth pick now. Come work out for us. Come meet with us so we can figure out who we're going to take. Um, so, yeah, that's a that's a long winded way of saying, yes, teams do need time. So I would be surprised if the pick is. Uh, is on the table if this is done on the day of the draft. I would think it should be done at least a couple of days before, if not maybe sometime this weekend. Well, my my question to you is, as uh, like I said, let's put our hypothetical GM cap on again. If the Pelicans come to you and say, look, we couldn't get a deal done flipping the four pick, give us Lonzo, Ingram, and Kuzma for AD, would you take that deal if you're the Lakers or... Would you rather a known quantity, or what would you? What was your opinion on that one? Because I've seen that one touted about a bit on Twitter as well. I don't know what you think about that. So, so Lonzo Ingram and Kuzma for for Anthony Davis, yeah. so they would keep the fourth pick. Yeah, yeah, I'd, 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 I'd do it. Okay, because yeah. I'd do it as well. But there's, I've seen a lot of people, and it makes a lot of sense where they say maybe you know it's better that you have a known quantity, especially with a team with AD and LeBron. But at the same time, if it's if, if the difference between getting AD is Kuzma and the four pick, you just deal with it and you move on and you get this young guy and you try and you get him to be as instant an impact player as possible, you know. It's... So moving on to the second segment of the show. It's a bit of a hypothetical for you. I'm a basketball coach, so I like to think about things like this, even if it won't happen. How... Would AD and LeBron work, do you think? Do you think it'll be a stylistic match? Do you think it'll be a stylistic clash? Do you feel like it could be done? Because, I've again, you know, on Twitter, and as great as Twitter is, it's also a, a cesspool of craziness. Do you, do you think they would work together? or? Oh, I love it. I love it. I, I think it's a great pairing. I think it's a, it's a perfect pairing. If you look at... If you look at what LeBron did this last season, you look at the way he plays the game, um, he really thrives when he's got bigs that are mobile and can really cut to the rim and then and then finish. And that was why why JaVale McGee was in some ways a, a smart ad, especially for the veteran minimum. Uh, if you look at, at JaVale McGee had his best game of the season, and I'm trying to remember how many points he scored. I don't remember what it was. It was in the 20s. Uh, but he had his best game, actually uh, highest point total of, uh, of his career. And of his baskets... Ten of the assists that he that were that were picked up by passing to him came from LeBron James. He's very good at getting into traffic, drawing attention, and then hitting cutters, hitting bigs that can really finish. And Anthony Davis can do that. And obviously, he can do a heck of a lot more. But you're talking about one of the very best players in the league. He is an athletic freak. His arms go on forever. He's going to going to thrive 
playing off of LeBron James because so much attention gets diverted to LeBron. Um, just by just by rim running, just by doing simple things, Anthony Davis will be getting easy baskets. And then you throw in all the more advanced stuff that he can do off the dribble and mid-range and, and all of that. I think it's going to be a, a beautiful pairing. And, and uh, I'd be really excited to see those two on the floor together because I think it's about... It's about as ideal of a fit with LeBron as far as a, a big as you can find in the NBA. No, I agree. And I don't know if you saw, there was a stat popping around as well where on catch and shoot freeze, Anthony Davis the past year was at 36%. And while that isn't, let's say, as high as, you know, a Clay Thompson okay. or a Steph, as a four or a five, however you want to categorize Davis, it's ridiculous like that's that's a guy who legitimately stretches the floor and again with LeBron James we've seen how important it is when you do add players that are competent enough that they have to be guarded on the three-point line so again that's another thing like you said where with the rim run, running with the mobility of you know like a JaVale McGee if you have that with Davis and then you have the shooting and you have the post game as well it, it's a fantastic addition to LeBron so many and, options there. So many options for you to play off of if you've got if you've got Davis out there on the floor with LeBron James. I mean, I mean, look, Frank Vogel will have a, a basically unlimited number of offensive sets that he could try to run using those two guys. Like if you had both of them on the floor, uh, you could really see some magical things happen. And with that as well, a, a pick and roll with LeBron and AD. I LeBron's been missing that, especially in the Lakers the past year. I know he's had it with JaVale when JaVale finally got better from the um, pneumonia that he contracted, but um, if he's fine, if he gets AD, he finally has that pick and roll partner that he's been missing. And he, as we've seen with LeBron, you give him any tiny bit of advantage, he'll just take you to town with it every single time. Mm -hmm. And yep. it's yeah. my, it, I just, I don't see any, while there, like I said, the downside would be potentially losing the kids. And while we love them and, you know, we've watched them grow between our, you know, in front of our eyes, at the same time, this is Anthony Davis we're talking about. And it, it makes our team, in my opinion, a championship caliber team, as long as you had the right pieces around them. You know, I don't know what you think, but. Yeah, I think you got to be careful what pieces you put around them. And we found out this last season that you can't just throw anybody on a roster and assume that LeBron James is going to instantly make them a contender, right? It's not it's not LeBron and four guys from the YMCA and you've got a championship team. Uh, that doesn't work. You have to actually care about your roster construction. And, you know, I shouldn't say care because the Lakers didn't just not care about the roster construction. They were just more concerned with finding guys on one-year deals. And so that's why you didn't see shooters really go around uh, around LeBron James's last season, they they kind of overplayed their hand there. So yeah, you you've got to make sure that you're careful with what you put around those two guys. But my goodness, that's a that's such a great base to build off of to have LeBron and to have Anthony Davis. Like yes, we become attached to the kids. We come, become attached to Brandon Ingram because we've seen him grow right before our eyes. Lonzo Ball, we saw flashes of what he could be. You know, I still contend that, that Ingram in the, the probably six weeks before he got hurt was playing at an all-star caliber level. He was that good. And when you see that, there's um, you think back to everything that they've been through in the years with the team. And then, of course, there's that sentiment, right, where you become attached to these players. But you know, the NBA, it's a it's a league with a lot of player movement. It's increasingly rare for a player to stick with the team for their entire career. And so teams have to be smart. But when they move on, and if you have the chance to get a guy like Anthony Davis, then sometimes you have to make that that tough decision and pull the trigger. It uh, is 
my thing with the young kids and Anthony Davis is if you can keep, let's say hypothetically, uh, Carl Kuzma and a Josh Hart, and you have Davis, you have LeBron, you also have the max cap space there. Even if you don't get a max guy, you can add two to three players with that 30 to 35 million, however much it ends up being. You can have two to three really good high-impact players alongside all the exception rooms, alongside the veteran minimums that people will take. They'll take the pay cuts to come play. Mm -hmm. We've seen it in the past, you know, people like David West. He took for the last four years of his career, he took a veterans minimum every single time to go play in a championship caliber team. We'll get players like that. And in my opinion, that's also just as tantalizing to see who would actually want to play with that type of group. You know, the likes of Marcus Morris, Seth Curry, Markeith Morris, and the list goes on and on. The the free this year, not just up guys, but for just just a depth and the rotational players is ridiculous this year. You know. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's one of the things that that Lakers fans need to factor into this is not that it's look the value of the deal is not just what you get out of Anthony Davis, which is a lot. Okay, it's a, it's a lot. What he can do on the floor, that's that's a ton. But when you're looking at it and you're saying, ah, they're giving up Kuzma, they're giving up LeBron, they're or, or not LeBron, they're giving up Lonzo, they're giving up Ingram, whatever pieces they that are giving up, like it's going to be something painful. It's it, it's not going to be for free. Right, you're going to feel the sting of losing those guys, but you're not just getting Anthony Davis. You're also getting where that positions the Lakers in free agency, because as Adrian Wojnarowski was reporting, the Lakers aren't currently at the top of anyone's list. But does that change if Anthony Davis is there? Like, does Jimmy Butler suddenly become a lot more interested in becoming a Laker? If it's Anthony Davis there already with LeBron James and he could go form a new big three or Kyrie Irving, although actually we just saw a report came out on Twitter just a few minutes ago um, that the the Boston Herald is reporting that there are sources saying that Kyrie Irving will indeed sign with the Brooklyn Nets. So um, that's actually, I think, a good thing for the Lakers. But um, Kyrie Irving, you know, any of these players out there, Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant, anybody. Um, is going to give the Lakers a stronger look because Anthony Davis is there. So so that's something that you have to factor into this deal. It's not just that you're getting Anthony Davis. It's you're getting Anthony Davis and a much higher probability of landing the players that you want when the clock starts strikes, well, now 3 p.m. East, or Pacific time on uh, June 30th. The, the biggest one for me would be Kawhi Leonard. If he's thinking about the Clippers... And he sees that LeBron and Anthony Davis are at the Lakers. Does he then decide to go to the Clippers if he's if he thinks that he has realistically no? Sh- he might have a, a much smaller chance than he would if it was just LeBron at the Lakers. You know, it, it'll impact the, the free agency not just in players coming to the Lakers. It will also impact. I don't know what you think in players moving elsewhere because if you have a team that's already ready-made in a championship contender, it might give players some cause for pause, you know, like to not go to a specific free agent destination or stay East if they're already in the Eastern Conference. I don't know what you think about that, but... Sure, yeah, that, that potential is definitely there. Um, that's uh, it, it reminds me of, you know, look what happened this last season when LeBron went West. So LeBron goes out to the Lakers and suddenly these Eastern Conference teams all start loading up because now that big roadblock of LeBron James isn't there anymore. So yeah, if if you have if you see if you are a a free agent on the west or on the east coast and you're uh, if you're looking at coming out to say a Los Angeles Clippers or you're looking to sign with whoever whatever team it is the Phoenix Suns it doesn't matter uh, any western team and you see that now there's oh man there's there's not just 
Golden State, you know, who's still going to have Steph Curry, probably going to have Klay Thompson, still going to have Draymond Green. You've got all those pieces. You still have a strong Rockets team. You, the Nuggets are up and coming. And then you see, holy crap, LeBron James and Anthony Davis are now on the same team too. Forget that. I'm staying either out east or I'm going to sign with with the Lakers uh, because they're going to realize that the West is going to be even more of a dogfight. So, yeah, there, there could certainly be a ripple effect. This would have some pretty big implications, I think, for free agency and could very well change the outcome. We won't know for sure, but but could definitely change the outcome of where players land. Absolutely. And the Blazers as well as still in the Western mm-hmm. Conference and they'll be even stronger when Nurkic comes back from injury. So it's a very tough Western Conference. And if you add AD and LeBron to it, and also the Pelicans, by all accounts, they don't want to rebuild. They want to reload and go for the playoffs, you know, with Zion, with Drew Holiday, with whatever they get back from Anthony Davis. So like like you said, it, there could definitely be a contingent of players either go East or stay East. And that, that, that also makes it very interesting because it's such a massive deal. Like whenever these superstars get traded, especially this level of superstar, like an Anthony Davis, there's always a huge backlash and things that you expected to happen don't, you know, don't happen after that. So like, I'm very excited. It's, it might might be a bit of a pain for you <laughs> having to cover it all, but it's a very exciting time also because as you're an NBA fan as well, while, you, while it is a bit of a chore, I bet covering it like 16 to 17 hours a day, you also enjoy it a lot as well. Otherwise you wouldn't do what you do. You know, oh yeah, so. I mean, I mean, look, this is, and I guess this is the one thing. Whenever I tell anybody what what I do, uh, they always say, well, at least at least the summers are are not quite as hectic or anything. And and I have to explain to them, no, actually, and I'm sure you know this, the summertime is actually our busiest time. This time of year Absolutely. is when you have all the rumors going, and you've got the trades, and you've got free agency, and all this kind of stuff. So this is our busy time of year, which is is strange, even though the that there aren't any games being played. I mean, the NBA Finals are going right now, but the Lakers aren't playing in any games. But what we do actually picks up right now during this time of year. But as as busy as it is, it's it's a lot of fun. I enjoy getting to sort through all of this stuff and and constantly waiting for for updates and breaking down what it means and looking at the cap and and figuring out what teams can do what. So um, so yeah, there's there's a ton uh, a ton to cover, obviously, but it's it's a blast and I I love the uh, the NBA summer. The NBA offseason is is amazing. No other sport comes close. Out of interest, let's just take a bit of a segue before we get onto the last main major topic of the show. Who do you think's got winning tonight, Toronto or Golden State? I'm going to say Golden State just because I want Game Seven. I want to see a, a Game Seven. I think we we need a Game Seven here. Um, as far as basketball related income calculations, I'd like to see a Game Seven because that means maybe there's a little bit more money out there this summer. Um, but other than that, like I, I would really like to see this go seven games and see Game Seven in, happen in Toronto. I think it would be just an incredible moment. So. You know, I don't really have a dog in the fight here, but I'll be pulling for Golden State tonight. My my gut says I think Toronto wins it because I think they've been the better team. But uh, but I'll be hoping the Warriors pull this off. And another side note, I think if any trade rumor breaks out in the middle of the game six, I think Adam Silver will kill whoever breaks that trade. <laughs> yeah, Adam Silver will start flipping tables. That That's, yeah, I, I wonder how big of an impact that's had today. And the fact that the Anthony Davis rumors have been a little bit slow, at least from the the heavy hitters, we're talking, you know, Woj and and Shams and and all of them. 
so I have to wonder if the, the finals happening today has anything to do with that. And if maybe tomorrow the dam is going to burst and we're going to hear a lot more about the AD situation. Well, going back to AD, we've had a little bit of a, a extracurricular talk. If hypothetically, again, we do make the trade, he does become a Laker. We have the max cap space. What would you think would be more beneficial? Signing another superstar alongside AD and LeBron and then filling the rest of your roster with cap exceptions and veteran minimums and all that? Or signing two to three players to, let's say, a 10 to $12 million range? And then, or then again, filling the rest of your roster like everyone does with exceptions with veteran minimums? That's a very interesting question and one that I don't think many people have actually thought about that much. So, um, I, I would definitely go for signing a third superstar. I think that's, I mean, look, there's there's diminishing returns when you're bringing in a third superstar. You're not going to get the same production out of them as if they were your lone, lone superstar, right? They're going to have more of an impact if they're the one guy, they're the first guy in, than if they're you're adding on the, the third guy. But, um, but nevertheless, the NBA system is set up where the middle is kind of overly inflated, okay? Because you've got the the top producers in the league. We're talking the LeBrons, the Kevin Durants, the Giannis, uh, James Harden, all, all these players, um, Kawhi. All those guys, their salary is artificially capped to where if you actually break down what their true value is on the floor, they don't make as much as they should really if the, the system was completely open. And rookies also don't make as much as they're worth for the most part because they are are held down by the rookie scale contracts. So the guys in the middle wind up usually the one being the ones that are overpaid. And we can think of a few examples of this where the Lakers wind up overpaying. I mean, look, Contavious Caldwell Pope made 19 million uh, the season before last, and then this last season made 12 million. Is he really worth that? No. And, and look, there's other factors in play there and everything. But uh, but in general, the guys in the middle I think tend to get overpaid more often than not so just in terms of bang for your buck and that being a concern i would definitely take that third star um and not just for a value uh, play but also because if you've got lebron you've got anthony davis both of these guys have injury histories there's going to be nights when you need to have them take a game off uh two games off whatever somebody gets hurt for a couple weeks turns an ankle whatever uh that way you've got other guys that you can you can lean on and that you can turn to I think it's pretty easy, well, not easy, but it's easier to build out a roster around three stars and to bring in guys on better, better uh, minimum contracts. You would also have a room exception of almost $5 million that you could use. You could split that up between a few players. There's things that you could do to build out your roster from there. I'd be a lot more interested in doing that than bringing in three guys that are maybe a little bit better than average and splitting up that max level money to do it. Um, I, I just think that would be the better route to go. Oh, absolutely. And speaking of the max level guys, obviously we know the KD, the Kawhis, the Kyries, Jimmy Butler. Who would be the, obviously there are names out there and in an ideal world, KD doesn't get injured. If you had the choice of all the superstars and just a hypothetical, who would be the best pairing, who would be the best signing alongside the pairing of AD and LeBron? Kawhi Leonard, I think no, no question. Um, even if it wasn't, if he wasn't a good fit on the floor, which he is, he's a great fit. But even if he wasn't a good fit, I think his his talent level is so um, so far above anyone else. Not named Kevin Durant, obviously he's got the the unfortunate Achilles injury. But um, but yeah, I, I would go with Kawhi. I think even if even if Durant was healthy, I think I would still probably lean Kawhi just because of the defensive uh, capabilities that he has and his ability to really uh, mesh seamlessly with the team. 
But uh, but yeah, I think those two guys, just in terms of overall talent, are at the the top of this free agent class. And then after that, you can start working your way down to you know the Jimmy Butlers and the Kyrie Irvings and Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson would actually be a great fit. But uh, but Kawhi Leonard would would certainly be my the top of my list. Ideal scenario, um, the Lakers would wind up with Kawhi. And the biggest factor for me as well is the 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 talent difference between KD and Kawhi is not that big, regardless of what, which way you want to go, because everyone has their opinion. But Kawhi is twenty seven. And KD's about to hit 31. Mm-hmm. And if you have Kawhi at age 28, 29, 30, and you, you, at least that way, you still got a guy in his prime not coming off an Achilles injury, which I think would be a huge difference if it came to picking between those two. Uh, it's gone. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely a factor. And that's something that, um, that the Lakers. Uh, would have to consider. Look, if if it's if both of them say if hey, Kevin Durant said, "Hey, I want to come to the Lakers," and and Kawhi said he wants to come to, you definitely go with the younger player. Oh, absolutely, and it's just a shame that KD got injured, and it shows how much these. While they they are there for the entertainment for us, and we appreciate them, it still shows how fragile an NBA career is, and we as Laker fans should know that. Better than anyone these past couple of years, especially with Kobe Bryant suffering the same injury. Right now. Uh, just my last question for this podcast. For, uh, do you think the deal gets done very soon? And do you think he joins the Lakers? I'm going to say yes to both because I'm going to stay optimistic. Uh, because look, if he doesn't, that's a scary thought. So if he doesn't come to the Lakers and now it's already been leaked that Lonzo's in trade talks and that Ingram is in trade talks, but Kuzma's getting held out. I mean, look, you're, you're creating a chemistry nightmare there. So for that reason, I, I definitely hope that the trade does go down at this point, as, as tough as it is to see those, those young guys go. Um, but it, it feels like the Lakers have the best offer, all right? Especially assuming that, that Kyrie isn't staying in Boston. Anthony Davis is telling the Celtics, I'm leaving in a year. I just, I just don't see a better offer than what the Lakers are presenting out there. And so I have to think that at the end of the day, as much as the Pelicans might not want to send him to the Lakers, I would have to think that they'll take the best deal. And I think that is going to come from the Lakers. So I'm going to say, yes, it, it gets done. It gets done uh, before the draft. I, I think that's important. And uh, and I think it is uh, Anthony Davis to the Lakers. If I'm the Pelicans right now, personally, I'm kicking myself for not taking that deal in February. Oh, for sure. For Yeah, for 100%. Like, I, I couldn't believe they didn't take it at the time. And there were a ton of people, you know, talking heads around the league that were saying, oh, it's Anthony Davis, you know, the Lakers young players, that's not enough. And all that. I'm going, are you crazy? You look at, <laughs> at it, how much value is is in that offer. That was insane. And, uh, you know, look, the Pelicans saved the Lakers from themselves. Let, let's just say that. The, the Pelicans saved the Lakers from themselves by not taking that deal at the trade deadline. And, um, you know, it, it, the, the Pelicans are still going to get great value for him. But, uh, but yeah, I think they'll be um, regretting not taking that deal. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't take that deal. But at the same time, I just, I just want this, this thing to be over. I just want the thing to be over now. I think we've all got to that point somewhat. I don't know if you agree with that. But. Yeah, I understand it. The, the highs and lows, the roller coaster and, and all that, it's not easy. But uh, but I think it is going to be over soon enough. I, I think that by the time the, the draft rolls around, we're going to know where he's going. So not too much longer. And you'll probably find out on Lakers Nation before anywhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Good plug. I like it. Uh, just 
give us a bit of detail where to find you on whatever social media you find most relevant to get back to fans and we'll round it off there sure yeah you can you can find me on twitter at trevor underscore lane you can follow me on instagram if you want at trevor lane nba and uh, you can follow all of our Lakers Nation accounts. We're at Lakers Nation on Twitter and Facebook, at Lakers Nation Official on Instagram. Uh, and also go check out the, the Lakers Nation YouTube account. I'm doing a lot of videos on there, breaking down all the, the trade stuff and salary cap stuff and, and all of that, and getting into some great conversations with people in the, the comments section there on YouTube. So make sure you check out the Lakers Nation uh, YouTube page as well. I just want to say it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on the podcast, sir. Uh, I hope you'll be gracious enough to come back on, hopefully, once an AD deal is done and once we get a few free agents in over the summer so we can talk about and break down the roster then. It's been a huge pleasure. I want to thank you again, sir. Sure, sure. No problem. And yeah, let's let's definitely do this again. We'll run it back. Absolutely. Thank you guys for listening. It's been a great episode. Hopefully, next time you hear me talking, it will be in celebration of Anthony Davis coming to the Lakers. Thanks for listening, guys. Hope you leave a five-star review on iTunes and give us a thumbs up wherever you're listening to this. Thanks for listening.